Christmas and good morning. We have reached the last letter that I plan to send. It is the December 31st letter. Uh, and for this last piece, I am going to recount one of the first chapters in the book called He Walked the Americas by L. Taylor Hansen. And if you'll recall, I've shared a couple of chapters before. In this book, Hansen collected stories of a traveling healer. And these are stories that she mostly collected from groups on the American continent. But this chapter is specific to a Polynesian legend. And for this section, she reached out to the director of Bishop Museum, Sir Peter Buck, also known by his Maori name, Tedangi Hiroa. And this is from a biography online. I will tell you a little bit about the author of the letter. Tedangi Hiroa explains how a regional survey of Polynesia project was undertaken at the Bishop Museum, and that the project was so appealing to him that he... A medical professional at the time relinquished his position in Aotearoa as director of hygiene and joined the staff of the Bishop Museum as an ethnologist to aid in the fieldwork. Tirangi Hiroa would eventually go on to become the first indigenous director of the Bishop Museum. Vikings of the Sunrise was Tirangi Hiroa's attempt to make known to the general public the classic story of the world's greatest navigators who settled the Pacific. So this book is out of print, um, but it is available online, and I've read quite a bit of it. It's comprehensive, and it's really fascinating. So to the best of his own knowledge, um, his research and travels, and he had research buddies, and he had the help and money of Bishop Museum. Buck chronicled the language patterns, old practices, legends, and artifacts left throughout the Pacific region by Polynesians who settled Tonga, the Cook Islands, New Zealand, Easter Island, Samoa, Hawaii, and the Marquesas. And now circling back to Hanson, what she did is she wrote a letter to Dr. Buck, who at the time was the director of Bishop Museum. And she asked him, and I'll quote from this chapter, Do you know of a prophet or teacher who came among the Polynesian islands teaching theology and agriculture? He dressed in a long white toga-like garment. His eyes were gray-green. His long, light brown hair had reddish highlights, and he was bearded. If he recognized this figure, please tell me his name, his century, and the manner of his coming. From which direction did he arrive, and from whence take his departure? That is, if your legends can answer these questions. And he answered back in the form of a letter. It says, I recognize this figure from our legends. His name is Wakea. The other questions I cannot answer, much as they intrigue me. However, I am to go to an outlying island of the Tahitians, where two old men can still chant the ancestor legends. From there, and another in a different island, I hope to learn the answers. Therefore, in two or three months, you will hear from me again. In three months, as promised, the second letter came, and this is what he said. It seems that he came in the early dawning of our history to those tribes who were fighting on an outlying island, and I am enclosing a copy of the story as it was told to me. And as a side note, before I go into the story, the name Wakea has many, many different legends and stories which surround him, including and not limited to Dr. Buck's own book, Vikings of the Sunrise. So when you read about Wakea in his earlier book, it's not the same legend. But um, just for purposes of this letter, I won't go to every single ver version of Wakea that I've learned about. Many of the legends are really dissimilar. Um, and this isn't to discount the other legends. I think somewhere beyond all the legends is actual truth. Um, but I do think there is some kernels of truth um, in 
all of the legends. So I'm just choosing to share a summary of this particular version because it's so beautiful and it is an homage to my belief in Jesus Christ. I've heard similar stories related orally and I read one similar to this chapter in another book. So there was an outlying island of Tahiti where men of two tribes were fighting for possession of good land and in the light of one dawn three ships with giant sails like enormous birds glowed it said they glowed golden and it caused the warriors to freeze the heat of this fierce battle was forgotten as they stared wide-eyed in wonder toward the mysterious ships the ships had oarsmen who whose paddles looked like a hundred centipede legs touching the water the islanders saw something moving toward them a figure that had emerged from the great bird-like ships and who was easily gliding over the water. As the figure came closer, they thought that this was a fair god, a man, but also unlike regular people. Soon they could see him clearly. And I will quote from the text about his appearance. The gold of the dawn light shining behind and around him, making a halo of his long curling hair and beard. They saw the foam like swish of his garments. As he came up on the wet sand, the warriors stared in fright at his garments. They were dry. Now they knew that a god stood among them, for none but gods can walk on water. That's the end of that quote. So when he looked around, he was at first angry with them when he looked and saw all the injured men and saw that they had been warring. The men fell down and began to voice an ancient chant, and this chant was meant to supplicate a god for forgiveness. They arose to find that all the injured among them had been healed by this godlike figure as soon as his hand or his garments had touched them. When the other villagers arrived, the healers signaled the other ships to come forward. Bearded men came forward through the water. Notably, they wore colored garments and looked to this healer with reverence and deference. The people of the island made a feast for the bearded men, but were dismayed when they began to prepare to voyage again. They were very sad, but their sadness turned to joy when they saw the travelers bidding farewell to their beloved leader. They realized that Wakea would remain among them. Very quickly, he learned their language, and the people were amazed. He began to teach the tribesmen. He told them there was one god who ruled the heavens, who spoke through volcanoes and ruled the ocean. War was not of this god because his law was to love one another. And for this healer, they gave up war and sacrificing of their children. They took him to travel many islands, and he went island to island teaching the people. Every morning before dawn, he would rise and pray. And eventually, it was time for him to travel eastward. They placed him in one of the boats of migration, um, and they planned, they prepared to accompany him toward lands of the dawn star. They asked if they would see him again. One day you will see me returning, even as I came, through the light of the dawning, if you remember to keep my commandments and always love one another. And then I will quote from the book to end this story. It says, Thus from the islands and into the sunrise rode the long boats carrying Wakea, beautiful creature of peace and laughter, whose curling brown hair trapped the red gold of sunlight, and whose strange level eyes held the sea's deep mystery, changing like the water in light and shadow. So December 31st, this has been officially the longest December of my life. <laughs> In actuality, it is July 20th. 
I am so grateful to the great healer and peacemaker of this world, Jesus Christ. If we look to him as the warring peoples of this island did, we will find that we have the capacity for greater love and joy than would be possible on our own. I love my Savior, Jesus Christ. And perhaps if I find other fun stories, I'll continue to share more Easter eggs as the year progresses. But I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and I will talk to you later. Bye.